Do you love the Lord today? Does anybody love the Lord today on this Sunday morning? Amen. Praise God. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, you look better than I do today. Amen. Turn to the other person and say, I was just joking with what I told him. And hope they don't hear you. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Well, I love the Lord today. There's no place I would rather be on a Sunday than in his presence with people of like faith. And uh, I'm just, I'm very grateful to be standing here today. This has been a week of thanksgiving and a week of remembering why we're thankful, at least probably should have been. Some of us maybe got into fistfights with our family, uh, and that's okay. Sometimes that needs to happen. You just need to establish that I'm the hoss around here, right? Amen. But it has been a great week with family and with friends, but there's no better way to conclude a week of thanksgiving than to giving thanks to the Most High God. The one that on a tree, on a hill far, far away, gave his life for you and I. When he was on that cross, he thought of every person that is in this place today. I believe time stopped and every name that would ever walk throughout eternity came across his mind. And he said, I'm doing it for you and I'm doing it for you and I'm doing it for her and I'm doing it for him. I believe that that's a reason to be thankful in the concluding of this week of Thanksgiving. So if you're thankful today, would you just love the Lord one more time? Would you lift your hands and would you just honor him and praise him? Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 1. We're going to be starting at verse number 5. And I may have said through 7 with the media team, but I'm going to run down to verse uh, number 14 instead. And um, I want to give honor today to whom honor is due. I make it a point to never get behind a pulpit without giving honor to the pastor, the pastor's wife, and their family. I love Brother and Sister Brown very much. Um, They have been a big part of my life for a very long time. Um, I I believe I try to tell this story every time I get behind this pulpit. I think I was 12 years old, and uh, We were at youth camp, SoCal youth camp. It may not sound like it anymore, but I was raised right here in SoCal. I realize I have a little bit of a twain now, but uh, that is because I have moved away since (laughs) about six years ago. Um, But about 12 years old, we were at SoCal youth camp, and he told me that he wanted me to be his youth pastor when I turned 18. More in a joking manner, I'm sure. Um, But when I turned 18, I texted him. I said, guess what today is? It's my birthday. And uh, so since then, we've had a great relationship. I remember coming here and playing the drums, and uh, I have a lot of great memories with Life Church, and it's an honor to be here today. Again, uh, one of my first revivals when the Lord asked me to start evangelizing was also with Life Church. As a matter of fact, this was the place I preached my second revival as an evangelist. So this place has always been special to me, and it is my honor to be back. If you love your pastor and their family, why don't you give them a great, great hand? Amen. 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 Well, Luke chapter 1, verse number 5, if you have it, say amen. Amen. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a priest, a certain priest, 
named Zacharias of the course of Abi. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God. They walked in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blameless. Somebody say they were about perfect. But they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. They were both now well stricken in years. Translation, they had gone beyond the ability of natural man to conceive a child. But it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, and according to the custom of the priest's office, it was his lot to burn incense when he went into the temple of God. And the whole multitude of people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Fear fell upon him. I find it funny that he got scared that the good guy was in the house of God. You know, there's a lot of devil chasers out here that just run around looking for the enemy, and I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I, I, I look for the ones that are on my team, and I find it a little uh, comedically humorous, for lack of better phrasing right now, that he got scared when he saw an angel in the house of God. And the Bible says, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said, fear not, Zacharias. For thy prayer is heard, and the wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Would you close your Bibles? I want to preach to you on the next few moments on this subject, born to the barren. Would you lift your hands all across the house one more time? And would you ask that God would open our hearts, our minds, and our souls to his word, and that he would speak to us today. Every voice lifted now unto the Lord one more time. Lord, I love you. I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Come on, church, let's lift our voices. I know it's Thanksgiving week and we all have gravy running through our veins, but louder than anything in this place, could we just pray unto the King of kings and Lord of lords? Before we get into the word today, I'm just asking for there to be a shout of prayer and supplication right now. Lord, we love you. We give you all the glory. Come on, all across the house, all the honor, all the praise, God, for there is no God like you, Jesus. Uh, We enter into your courts with thanksgiving and into your house with praise, God. I pray that you would anoint your vessel from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, God, that every word that would continue out of my mouth from this moment on would be anointed and ordained by you, God. Uh, Lord, use me for the glorification of your kingdom. Our prayer in this place is thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in this place as it is in heaven, Lord. Uh, Minister to the brokenhearted today, O God. Touch the hurting and the broken, Lord. Heal somebody's heart, somebody's soul, somebody's sickness, somebody's disease, God. Minister in ways, Lord, that no man knows that you are doing, Lord, but but they have come and they have sought, Lord. And I pray that in this place that you would minister to every need, spoken and unspoken, every need that they have raised their hands silently, God. Lord, at home, and they have said, God, if you don't touch this, I don't know what's going to 
happen, Lord. If you don't move upon this, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to move forward in my life, God. Uh, Lord, minister to the hearts, to the minds, and to the souls of your people. And we do all of this today, and everybody say, in Jesus' name. Come on, say it with some conviction, in Jesus' name. Come on, I think we can do better than that, in Jesus' name. Say it one more time with a loud shout, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Clap your hands one more time and shout unto the Lord as you're being seated. Amen. Amen, amen. Barrenness. In most cases, if not all, of the Old Testament was pronounced as a curse, not a blessing. It would truly go against the very first commandment from God to man that we find in Genesis 1:28. That commandment goes a little something like this, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. It was the very first decree from God to man that we, as a people, would be a fruitful people. We see that God's love for fruitfulness steps into the New Testament as God robes himself in flesh and comes to us with the name of Jesus. It was in Matthew 21 that we see Jesus walking down a dusty road. And as he's walking down the road, he sees a fig tree with only leaves upon it, the Bible says. And when he saw that there was no fruit on this tree, he was angered and he spoke to the tree and the bible says presently at that very moment between his disciples faces between jesus god in the flesh's faith he looked as this tree began to wither away we notice barrenness is used in the old testament to describe ground that wasn't fruitful it was in second kings 219 that The men told Elisha, everything's pleasant to the eye. Everything looks good on the outside, but there's no water in this place. And because there's no water, the ground is barren. The ground is barren. It is simply proven that barrenness was despised, not accepted. Barrenness was something that nobody got on their knees and prayed for or looked after, but everybody wanted a continuation of their lineage. Everybody wanted the future to their last name. It was even a law of the Old Testament that if you took unto yourself a wife and you could not have a child after a certain amount of time, you could take unto yourself another wife to try to continue your namesake. But we would see that in the very first case that barrenness graces somebody in the Bible. We find this account in Genesis 11 and 30 with Abraham and Sarah. The Bible says that Sarah was barren and she had no child. And this barrenness lasted for so long that she was said to have literally laughed in the face of God when God spoke to her and reminded her of the promise. And yet unto her would be born a son by the name of Isaac. Isaac took unto himself a wife. This wife was named Rebekah. Rebekah was also barren. The Bible says in Genesis 25, 21, that Isaac, everybody say this word with me, entreated. 
He entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Bible says that the Lord was entreated of Isaac and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Born unto Isaac would be Jacob and Esau. Jacob would be the one that would produce the 12 sons that would become the 12 tribes of Israel. These would be the continuation of the lineage of Jesus. We would see great things being born to the barren. It would begin to see to come to the forefront of the pages of Scripture. As we continue in this journey of barrenness, we find in Judges 13 and 2. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren, and she bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. This son would be the name Samson. Samson would be the strongest man to ever walk the word. Samson would be the man that would do more for the children of Israel in his lifetime than probably anybody else. Samson, a strong man, born unto the barren. As we begin to see the barrenness that begins to walk throughout the word, we see men like Isaac. We see men like Jacob. We see men like Samson. We see the profound men. We see the powerful men. And then we now see the prophetic men. First Samuel 1 and 5, Hannah gave a worthy portion. But he loved Hannah, but there was an issue. Hannah had her womb shut up from the Lord. Uh, this means that Hannah was barren. Uh, but Hannah had an understanding of her barrenness. Uh, when she came into the house of God, uh, if you would just journey with me uh, for the sake of the story, maybe on a Sunday morning much like this one, uh, she came uh, to the altar in the middle of Eli, uh, standing behind the pulpit as he opened his word uh, and began to preach to the congregation. She would let nothing stop her from getting what she needed from God that day as she fell upon the altar and she began to seek the face of God. As she began to seek his face, she would let nothing stop her at this moment. As a matter of a fact, the Bible said that she prayed with such intensity, that she prayed with such heart, that she prayed with such loudness and such ferocity that the preacher had to stop in the middle of his message and the Bible said he smote her on the mouth and when he did this not even this would stop her from seeking her promise from seeking the fulfillment of her need and as she prayed even harder and as she sought even more the Bible said that he said she was drunk she was drunk, so he thought, but even this would not stop her from seeking the face of God in the face of all adversity, in the face of even the preacher saying, you must be quiet. I've got to finish my message. I want to say to somebody here today, I would much rather settle you down than I would have to rile you up in the house of God, because if there's anybody here that is truly 
hungry to have a touch from God. I challenge you that before this service is over, from the front to the back, from the left to the right, if you've come in search of God to touch your need, if you've come in search for God to touch your life, please do not let the sound of my voice echoing through these speakers stop you from seeking his face. Please do not let the person sitting next to you stop you from getting in the presence of God and saying, I'm hungry for my need to be fulfilled. I'm hungry for my miracle to take place. Oh God, I've come on a Sunday morning after Thanksgiving with thankfulness in my heart to say, touch me in my infirmity. Bless me in my curse. Oh God, touch my life today. If anybody feels like that, would you lift your hands and would you lift your voices higher? Come on, I think we can do better than that. I want to hear today. I want to hear today the sound of a hungry vessel. I want to hear today the sound of a Hannah that says, I'm tired of being where I'm at and what I'm going through. I'm hungry to have a touch from God. Men have given up on me. Family has given up on me. I've been ridiculed. I've been mocked. I've been scorned. But one thing I know, if I can get to the altar of God and I can lift my voice in his presence, there is absolutely nothing that God cannot do. There is absolutely nothing that God cannot perform. Does anybody need a miracle in this place? Does anybody need a touch from God in this place? I don't want the response for me. God needs to hear the sound of a Hannah. God needs to hear the sound of somebody that says, if you don't touch my job, I won't make the ends meet. If you don't touch my family, I'll be out on my own. Come on, somebody, would you lift your voices one more time and shout unto the Lord. Born, born unto Hannah would be the prophet by the name of Samuel. Samuel was the one that the word itself, God's word itself says that there was a never a word that proceeded out of this prophet and preacher's mouth that fell to the ground. What does that mean? If Samuel looked at you and said, it's going to rain tomorrow, you better get your umbrella out even in California. It's going to rain. If Samuel looked at you and said, you're going to shrink five feet tomorrow, I would be prepared to need to get my pants rehemmed because Samuel gave me a word. Because if Samuel said it, it didn't matter what was said. All that mattered was he was a prophet that was anointed by God, but even Samuel was born to the barren. And then we see my text today. We see the one that was born unto Zacharias and Elizabeth. This would be the son that had the name John. It was John this time, the one that would be the forerunner for Jesus prophesied by Isaiah the prophet. The one that would be the voice in the wilderness crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. The one that Jesus himself would say, verily I say unto you, unto them born unto a woman. Uh, there has never been one risen greater than John the Baptist. 
prophets. So born to the barren, travel with me for a moment. We have found the prophets. We have found the, 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 the way clearers. We have found the strongest men. We have found the lineage of Jesus, the start of it. We have found those that were prophetically used, that were profound, and that were powerful. We see Isaac, the beginning of the lineage of Jesus. We see Jacob, the one that would produce the 12 tribes of Israel. We see Samson, the one that would slay thousands with the jawbone of a donkey, the strongest man to ever walk the word. We see Samuel, the prophet, whose words never fell to the ground. The one that had the pleasure of looking at the sons of Jesse and saying, they all look the part, but that one has the heart of the part and anointed him as the king of Israel. We see John the Baptist, the one that would be the forerunner of Jesus, the one that would say, it is him whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to tie. That would be the one, that would be the one that was born to the barren. So why were the barren so powerful? Why was there always something profound, prophetic and powerful born to the barren? I propose to you today that the answer is found in Nehemiah 6, 16. The Bible says that it came to pass uh, that when they looked uh, at what the children of God had done, uh, the Bible says that the enemy heard thereof. Uh, and when the enemy heard uh, what God's people had done, uh, they were much cast down in their own eyes uh, because they perceived this work uh, was done by God. I want to say to you today, when you have the curse of barrenness, there is no hope for anything that you can do. So the reason that the barren and those that they bear were so powerful is because the enemy understood this work was not done by man, but what was born to that person was a work of the Holy Ghost. I can't stop a work of God. And the enemy was much cast down in their own eyes. They were frightened. They were humiliated because they understood. I can't touch a work of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands if you receive that. Come on, somebody. Let me say something here today. There is no devil in or out of hell. There is no enemy that can ever stop a move of God. If you want something to happen today, I challenge you, uh, get God stirring among this place. Uh, start clapping your hands a little louder and shouting a little more. And watch what God does when he begins to habit the praises of his people. But there is one thing that can hinder a move of God. Uh, that is this old flesh. Uh, because God is a respecter of persons is what he said. Uh, so the enemy can't stop a move. Uh, but the flesh can. Uh, so I challenge you today. Uh, if you have a need from God, uh, I propose that you get the attitude of the barren uh, that says nothing uh, will stop me uh, from praying. Uh, nothing uh, will stop me from seeking. Uh, nothing will stop me from searching. Uh, I will not leave this place uh, until I receive uh, my uh, miracle. Does anybody need a touch? Does anybody need Jesus? Has anybody come into the house of God that'll join with me and saying, if he don't do it today, I don't know what my tomorrow's gonna hold. Come on, lift your hands and shout unto the Lord. Come on, somebody shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. I feel like stirring something up today. Come on, come on. I feel something beginning to stir. Just clap your hands. Just, just, just say hallelujah. 
Come on, stir it up for a moment. I feel it rising in this place. Come on, I feel something beginning to stir. Somebody's getting a revelation. I'm not leaving here until God, God what? Whatever you need him to do. Stir it up in this house. Lift your voices and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Praise God. Uh, go ahead. Don't let anything stop you. If you want to come to this altar before I call an altar call, this ain't my service, this is God's service. Uh, but I challenge somebody in the house of God today to say, uh, I have a need uh, that can only be met by the creator of heaven and earth, uh, the one that hung the sun, the moon, and the stars, uh, the one that told the ocean, you got to stop right here, uh, the one that was able to draw an Everest with his fingertips, uh, the one that was able to do what only he can do uh, is in this place today, uh, sitting at his throne saying, uh, how can I perform? Where are the hungry? Where are those that'll say, I've got the Hannah mentality. I don't care how loud the preacher is. I'm going to be louder. I don't care how, come on somebody. Does anybody need a touch from the Holy Ghost? Does anybody need a move from God to minister to your heart, to minister to your families? What made the barren so powerful? What made the barren so anointed? That's because the first thing, the barren didn't care what anybody thought about him. You see, Hannah's get into the presence of God and they say, I, I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care what my friends think. I don't care what culture thinks. I don't care what tradition says. This one thing I know, I'm in the presence of Yeshua, God Almighty. I'm in the presence of Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I'm in the presence of Jehovah Nisi. Come on, somebody, and I'll wrap it all up and say it like this. His name is Jesus, and he come to me with the answer to all. And I've got a need, and I have a date with destiny on this Sunday. And one thing I know, if I can just get to an altar, I'm not perfect, I'm barren, but I know who is. I'm not got it all together, I've got issues, but I know who doesn't. And I've come to have a moment with Jesus. I don't care who's around, I don't care who's looking. I don't care what they think about me. I'm hungry to be broken from my family curse. I'm hungry to have the broken. The Bible said that Isaac entreated the Lord. Somebody shout entreated. That word entreated means he worshiped until travail just just follow with me for a second it means he worshiped until travail so jesus said it like this for now is the time when true worshipers shall worship in spirit and in truth and those true worshipers are going to be the ones that inherit the kingdom so this is what isaac did isaac got an understanding rebecca's barren my father had a promise of many nations I, I'm hungry for something more. Somebody here today, guest that is here today, 
if you're tired of life as normal and you want to receive something greater than you've ever received, your one worship experience from having an encounter with the Almighty where He lifts that burden off of your shoulders and He takes that pain out of your life and He becomes the answer to what you've been searching for. The Bible says that Isaac entreated the Lord. That means Isaac worshipped until travail. That means he worshipped until he knew not what to do anymore. So he just got in the presence of God and began. You see, travail is what happens when you know not what to do. The Bible says that the Spirit will make it intercession for the church when you know not what to pray. Then groanings which can't be uttered will begin to come out. That's the Spirit of God beginning to pray through you. And so, so when you get to that level where nothing else around you matters, all you know is, I've got a wife that needs a miracle. Sir, don't let pride stop you from being a worshiper. Sir, don't let pride say I'm a tough guy. I can't worship like everybody else. Uh-uh. Isaac got in the presence of God. He just began to dance. Lord, if you don't touch me and my wife, something's going to die with me that's supposed to carry on. So he got in the presence of God. Lord, I need you. I don't know what else to do right now. I've been to every doctor and they said no. I've been to every family member and they said you're a lost cause. I, I, I've been to every psychologist. I've been to, I, I've been to everything that I know to do. I, I've gone as far as I can go. This is what Isaac said now. I've done all I can do by myself. I'm just going to begin to worship. I'm just going to begin to worship. I'm just going to begin. If there would be a worshiper in this place that would say, it doesn't matter what you think about me. I've got something at home that needs a miracle. I've got something uh, in these neighborhoods uh, that needs a miracle. I've got a wife uh, that needs a touch. I've got a husband uh, that needs a miracle. Your dance today could affect your family. Your worship today could affect your neighborhood. Your worship today could send something to somebody that you've been praying for. How so? How did it happen for Isaac? He entreated the Lord. Bible says that Isaac entreated the Lord and then this is what the word says the Lord was entreated of him it doesn't mean that the Lord worshiped him because we worship him but just like every avenue of scripture says that worship brings him down because it was Zacharias's lot to burn incense and the type and shadow of incense today is worship and you see that the altar of incense was one of the final steps in the temple before the glory of God fell. And they were transported from behind and from in front of the veil to behind the veil. 
to bring these sins of the people for atonement so that they could be washed away for a year or better yet rolled back for a year. So he worshiped until travail is what Isaac did. And just like the pattern of the tabernacle before there ever was a tabernacle, he worshiped until travail. And then the Bible says that God was entreated of him. This is going to be God today. So this is what happened. Are you ready? When Isaac got in front of the Lord, and I'm going to look goofy. That's the whole point. I have nothing left. I don't know what I'm supposed to do anymore. I just need a touch from you. The Bible says that he entreated Isaac. That means he literally moved upon his need. So when you begin to worship in spite of your need, God steps off of his throne, comes down to where you are, and says, son, I've just been waiting on you to get honest with me. And now uh, there was something born to the barren. And those were the name of Jacob and Esau. And when Jacob and Esau were born, uh, unto Jacob was born the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. That's why today uh, when this altar opens, uh, nothing should stop you uh, from coming right here uh, and saying in spite of everything, Lord, I have a need. I wish every person in this place would stand with me for just a moment and would get honest with God. Come on, get honest for a moment. Come on, lift your hands all across the house, every hand unto heaven. Every hand unto heaven. Now I want your voice to go higher than your hands right now. The Lord is about to fall in this place. The Spirit of the Lord has come to this place on a Sunday morning to begin to touch some people's needs, to begin to minister to people's hearts right now. Come on, in spite of what your friends have said, in spite of what the doctors have labeled you as, in spite of what your family has said about you, in spite of the need, God said, I'm just looking for a Hannah. I'm just looking for an Isaac that'll stand out of the crowd. If you're physically able, I don't know how we're going to fit everybody. If we got to push every chair back, I want us to. I'm asking for everybody to make their way to this altar today. Just join us in the front. We're not going to do anything crazy. I just want you to come join us in the front today. And as you're walking to the front, would you lift your hands? As you're coming to the front, when you get to this altar, would you lift your hands? Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. The power of God is going to heal some people in this place today. The power of God is going to set some people free in this house today. The power of God is going to mend some broken hearts today. The power of God is going to minister beyond ourselves today. Come on, that's it. Push in. There's room. Come on, there's plenty of room. Come on, there's plenty of room. Come on, there's more room. Please, please. When you get to this altar, lift your hands and just cry out. Come on, Hannah, lift your voices. 
Come on, Isaac. Lift your voice. Come on, I feel his presence in this place. Come on, push in. Come on, they that worship him in spirit and in truth. Get truthful with him. All voices, all hands going to heaven right now. Yeah, that's it. Come on, that's it, ministry. Would you begin to go pray with some people? Come on, ministry, begin to pray with people that need a touch today. Come on, he's here to mend the brokenhearted. He's here to set the captive free. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let him touch you today. Let him touch you today. Come on, don't let anything stop you from praying. Don't let anything around you stop you from getting to him right now. He's here. He's just looking for that true worshiper. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 